right, you're good to go. Good to go? All right. Hey, guys, welcome to the Train Like a Ranger podcast, where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, military prep, sports prep, and more. Uh, my name is Daniel Burnett. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist uh, here with my co-host, James Tony, certified personal trainer. And today we have an awesome guest. Uh, Instructor Z, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, Z Durham, good to be here. Uh, good to talk again. We've done this before and and we follow each other pretty regularly on social media. And I'm, I'm glad to be back. It's good to have you back on. Um, always a Always a good conversation. Uh, I was going back through listening to our last podcast, looking for clips and things. I think I made a post about it, but it's like there was so much that I wanted to include because it's like everything that you were saying, I was like, I want to include that. I want to include that. I want to include that. But it was hard to condense it because I got to make these clips a minute long. So right. uh, Z has a lot of good info. So you're a jujitsu black belt, uh, retired Green Beret. Uh, you're a uh, firearms instructor. Uh, you teach all sorts of things. So can you can you talk to us a little bit about what you do now with uh with Instructor Z? Oh uh, yeah. So uh Instructor Z is kind of my moniker came up with as kind of like a joke, you know, uh satire for the instructor zero. Because when I came on the scene, he was kind of like I think he was like the first famous gun industry guy that I ever heard of on the internet because he's doing cool stuff. Yeah, I remember that and, guy very well. Yeah, remember Instructor Zero? He's fairly, yeah. he's a little older than me, I'm sure. And he's been in the game for a while, but it was just funny. I said, Instructor Z, I'm Z. <laughs> anyway, it stuck. Um, so I do uh, firearms training, and, I, and it sounds like I do a lot, but I really condense what I do into very specific areas. Um, I do like pistol one, pistol two, and now I've offered pistol three, and then carbine one, two, and three. I don't go into everything under the sun because it's just too much. I don't have enough bandwidth to stay on top of those things. I mean, I know a little bit about a lot probably just based off my experience and career and whatnot, but not enough that I feel like I can teach it well and do it justice. Uh, you know, I think if I had to do that, I try to do all those things that people ask me about doing or want to know about, it would just be diluted. My, right. my my service, my product would be diluted too much and I, I wouldn't be happy with it. So I, I keep, I stay in, in certain lanes and I try to get people to certain levels where, which I've called, I, I come up with the name capable citizens is what we go by, is what I like to promote. It's like, hey, just being a, you're a citizen, doesn't matter if you were military, law enforcement, regular guy, girl, whatever. Like you just need to be capable because uh, violence is, is out there and and not only that, I think it's not that I fear monger and I'm trying to sell insurance to you, right? It's that I know things happen. And the biggest thing to me is that I think people are just overconfident or false have false confidence about their, their skills and abilities because they haven't exposed themselves enough. And I've been guilty of it myself. Like I thought I was one way and then you get, you know, you, you learn better as you go on your journey. Right. So I just really want to open people's eyes to what they're really capable of um, and what their actual vulnerabilities are. Right. Because if I just carry a gun all the time and I really don't know what it takes to be accurate with that gun in the heat of the moment, have unconscious skills programmed in where I can react and and implement uh, my training effectively, 
if I don't know what that means or what it looks like, like you're set up for failure, you know? So that's in a nutshell, firearms, but pretty specific in the way I want to go. And then the, the jujitsu combatives type stuff. I, I teach at a gym part-time, uh, just trying to keep my black belt from getting, you know, old and decrepit and losing a step. So do enough to keep me sharp and stay on top of the game a little bit and give me the, the insight to, to continue to get better, help others get better. So that's what I'm doing. And then, of course, dad, husband, all that stuff. Yeah, it, that's, that's a job. Yeah, You know um, about that. I do. Yeah, we were just talking. My son's about almost one year, and this has been uh, – it's all new for me. You know, I, this whole experience is my first child, but it's been, a, it's been an event it's been a, a whole job in itself. So juggling all that other stuff on top is, is, is a lot, um, you know, so it, yeah. And you know, you, you were talking about doing things in blocks. I think that's good retention that way, you know, setting up a system. I like the capable right. citizens, the, the, you know, what you call the, the your instructees. Um, I think that's a catchy name, good name. Um, so, and I can relate to that as well, you know, through my own experiences, you know, going out there, you kind of have this idea about yourself and what, um, what, what is tough and, you know, what, what makes, you know, someone tough. And then whenever you go to do those things that test you, it kind of breaks that mold of, you know, what you should be doing to be an effective person and how you should carry yourself in things. And something that I like that we talked about on a previous podcast but something that you know was was so interesting to hear you talk about and really you know growing for me was talking about you know emotional control being a being a form of tactics and strength and stuff um mm -hmm. so you, you know you touch on more than just you know the tactics of things it's i really like you know your mentality behind stuff you know the way that you uh you're really good at laying out information but also the why behind it and then the you know the conceptual part of it about how to be in control of you know yourself and and the environment around you as much as you can you know um well, i appreciate that yeah um i mean to me it's it's like it comes down to the micro and the macro just breaking it down separate like in the micro like i'm looking at xyz task how do you accomplish that task and i'm sure you got to do this with with your your job as well like you know in the micro like how do you lift this weight up properly with proper form where you prevent injury and you do it where it's beneficial for you overall so that's executing a task that's nothing that's just doing that task black and white <laughs> and then the macro is like what does that mean in the grand scheme of things what does that mean in context what does that mean for your life in general how does that make things better for you? Like, so I'm always like, obviously when you're teaching one particular task, you need to be on subject and you go to the micro and this is how you do this component of that task or part of that process. And then, but it's all in the underneath the, the umbrella of, and my word, my words are capable citizens and capable citizens means as much about physical fitness as it does handling your tools and being capable in the face of violence or the worst case scenarios, right? That's capable in general, right? I mean, I could be, I could be the smartest person in the world and have great understanding involving tactics and strategies. But if my body can't physically do those things, it's really, 
defeats the purpose. You know, like it's going to violence involves physicality, no matter who you are, right. just how it goes. It doesn't matter if you're a soldier or you're fighting sport or whatever. So macro and micro is, and I, it's like, I can't lose sight of the macro. You know, the big, the big picture is I just want to be better. I want to get through life. My everyday life does not consist of me just winning the gym battle or winning the, the training battle, which is a battle, right? You got to make yourself do that stuff. You got to be disciplined, stay consistent, whatever. My life consists of like dealing with my own stuff, not being so frustrated that I, I screw up things with my relationships in my life, which, you know, that's, that's the easier thing for me to, to let slide. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more disciplined doing black and white tasks than I am doing the everyday life gray nuanced crap so in my mind the math was easy the equation is damn that's if i'm being honest with myself that's the hardship like doing what uh you and i might call yes that's that this is a, a surface level hard thing like going to the gym and lifting heavy weight is a hard thing i always come to mind i talk about people's ask me about david goggins i'm sure you know who that is david goggins right tough dude like he's very motivating to a lot of people he's he's, he's blasted off in, in the, in the uh, social media world because of his feats and his his character and i tell people like definitely it's hard a lot of things he does but not say taking any away from his his accomplishments but doing something that like i like the hardness that comes along or the or the adversity that goes along with sweating and, and physical exertion. I like that. So yes, it's technically hard, but mentally and emotionally, I like, I enjoy that. So it's not really the hardest thing for me. My heart is the things that are less rewarding as far as like, there's no, there's no formal, phase or award for glory in the in the outcome you know it's like it's just very great like is that a good outcome or is it not like there's nothing like rigid no rigid uh conditions that are met you know it's it's that's hard for me you know what i mean that's that's really hard for me i need give me a point a and tell me to get the point b and give me like a direct then i can make some things work Still being relatively hard or whatever, but I can work with it. Now give me something else. I'm like, hey, just do something with this and give me like no instruction and and somewhere that I'm not, I can't like physically impact or do something or, or I can't call on one particular technique or, or approach to handle it. That is super hard for me. So that's what makes me really focus on macro and the emotional side of things. Because I suck at that. I think that's partly military too, because the military it does its best. You know, it does have problems, but it always really gives you the tools to to succeed at what it's asking you to yeah. do. And it's like you said, it's not necessarily easy to do those things. It's not easy to go do a three day yeah. mission, and but it's it's you have the tools to do it, and you you can accomplish that task really easily. It's and more I, like it's all laid out in front of you, exactly. And then when you get out, I know I had that trouble where I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to like. I need to reassess how I'm doing things because this isn't working for me and some of these other aspects of my life. Um, and it's tough, especially people have even just building relationships while you're in the military is a little harder because you, you have to approach it in such a different way. 
um, that it just makes it does. It's a lot more difficult for uh, certain minded people, especially when it comes uh, people from the military. And it's funny you say that too, like the military, yeah, definitely the military. And I feel like getting out, like, so what you try to do is like, this is what every person does. Like, this is just human nature that you try to control the things in your life, right? As much as you can. So because we had so much military training or conditioning through the military and it's laid out ahead of you, and we know that the approach to military, you know, excessive planning and preparation to get ready for the mission because we can't, it's not acceptable. Uh, to, to risk certain things. So you mitigate the risk as much as possible. Like having that in mind, it's like you approach everything that way. It's like, I got to mitigate the risk. I, I got to control it. And the, the, the problem comes about when you try to take that into your personal life and you're like, listen, people that don't know any of that and they don't have the same perception you have or, or, or relative experience. And they're like, well, we can just do this or we can just wing it like this. And you're like, no, no, no. And what I found is the balance between is like, should I force people to, fight, to follow this more rigid path that I feel more comfortable in because it lets me predict outcomes better? Or should I just work on me being more open to shooting from the hip or winging it? And that requires me to, I guess, juggle my emotions and my mental reactions to things a little bit better on the fly, which that's work instead of being like, obviously anything you do, like training, you know, in general, if we define training or building skills, it's just being, being able to predict outcomes, right? Fear is the unknown. So we're always trying to get rid of the fear or the unknown, what we don't know will happen. And we're trying to have predictable processes and outcomes, right? So and life is the same way. Like, I want to predict the outcome. I want to hold everything under control so I know if something goes wrong, I got this, I got this. And then letting go of that, even though that's a good plan for life, but no, being that we live in a real world and not a fake world, you can't control every freaking thing. Like, you know it. You know it. Right. Like, I don't matter how much I prepare. Like, I cannot five children deep, two grandchildren, wife, and the other relationships in my life, and then plus the, all the world around me, there's no way in hell I can control all the dynamics, right? right? So me, it's getting rid of some of that rigidity and being like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. That's hard. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was just thinking about that the other day that that was probably one of my biggest obstacles after the military. And, you know, I only did four and a half years. I did one term, you know, I didn't, I, you did 20. So, you know, I'm sure that was, you know, magnitudes, harder because you had so much more training and, and, um, you know, built that way, you know, for, and, and even for me, that, that one term, I mean, it took years afterwards to learn, you know, to let go of finding the balance between what I can control and what I can't control or, mm. you know, for what's most effective for what's healthiest for the people around me and for myself, you know, that that's a hard balance to, you know, look around and go, here's what I can control. I can control, mm -hmm. you know, the, the outlets I have in my life. Like I, I like to go, you know, train jujitsu as well. So that's one of the things that I can control. I can control my efficiency in that. And it's also a good release for me. It's fun. It's a measurable thing. I like, I like how jujitsu there's measurable goals and tasks and it gives me a sense of purpose. Um, um, you know, and, and, you know, that's something I can control you know, working on firearms things, you know, talking about self-defense and the world around you being prepared and things like 
you know, that's another thing that's, you know, important to know and, and to have, but, you know, there's that balance between, you know, what else can I control? And I see a lot of people struggle with that, not even just military, just people in general struggling with this, um, this feeling of control, trying to control everything around them. And that's hard to learn to, you know, find that balance and what to focus on and what to let go. Yeah. Um, and when me, it came down to this, it was like, and I'm still stuck at this. Like my wife is right here, so I can't get away with saying anything <laughs> and, and painting paint a picture as I, like I'm fucking, I got shit figured out. I'm not, she'll call me on it. But <laughs> I, it was, it was, I think I really discovered it with my older daughters, right? Once they became adults or close to adults, young or, you know, teenagers or whatever, like there was a a transition phase and it was like, no matter how big I am, how vocal I can be or how imposing I can look like now they are more to me like little humans, which they're all little humans at every age, but they're more, they have say so they're not like, they're not following you blindly and just listening to you because you yelled at them and they were scared what you what would happen. So that made me start thinking like, all right, why well, either I can stick to my guns and be super stubborn and be like, this is my way and I'm controlling this and drive a, a wedge in this relationship because they have their own mind now, or I can accept what I can't control, which is, you know, their decisions in their life as an adult, I can't really control that anymore. I can give input. And if I want to be able to still give them input and get some kind of semblance of impact into their life, I have to do it on their terms now, which means I can't control this. So I have to be, I have to cultivate a relationship that allows me to have access to them. And if that's overbearing and me telling them what they need to do all the fucking time and forcing them to live this military approach to life so they can predict outcomes and be planned and prepared for everything. Like that's not going to, they're just not going to want to be around. Them. So that opened my eyes a little bit, just going through that process with my children. And it taught me a lot about life in general, which I, I think that's a, a grand design. Probably you know, it's supposed to happen that way to some degree. So I'm like freaking, I either I adapt, which is another military time. I know I'm back to military, but I adapt to overcome and I had to adapt and be not the, the center of the universe, even though that's where I'm most comfortable. You do what I say and this is how it's done. And I got the best idea because I prepared the most and I'm more prepared than you. And I know this and I know that I'm like, okay, that's great. But if it's not, it's like, it's like the same uh, analogy of someone that's a teacher or someone that's an expert on something super good at something, but they can't communicate it. Like it's it's useless at that point. It's falling on deaf ears, right? So you can know everything in the world there is to know and be the smartest, most intelligent, most experienced person. But if you can't communicate that effectively to the people in a way that they can understand it and receive it, then it's fucking useless, right? It, so that's what made me really focus on macro versus micro. Not just executing the task, but make sure the relationship is is cultivated and taken care of. That way, you. You'll even have some say in their lives. And that's the same with students, strangers, whatever. Like if I don't give them respect as a human and tr and, and show them that I, I care enough about what I'm telling them and and their approach to their life, which is different than mine. And I, I acknowledge that. Then 
no matter what I got to say, like it's, it's useless to them if I don't present it well and keep the macro and something that um, resonates with them in their life. Yeah, especially I know for for veterans, especially communicating with people not in the military can be tough, especially when you first transition out, because like there's a way that you communicate with people in the military when you're in that is not an acceptable discourse for you to communicate with people outside the military, especially with like your family, your friends, people you want to be in relationships with, you know, children eventually. So, yeah, learning how to communicate effectively um, and kind of breaking some of that mold moving out um, is super super important well i think it sets you up for failure when you work with privates or people where you have an authority over them where no matter what you're saying they're they got to be there and listen you have an audience that's it's a like the the audience has no choice but to be your audience sometimes (laughs) you know and that's not the that's not the case outside of that you know right and even there they have a a say so really but most people are you know stick to you know whatever their duty is and they listen to you because i mean i've had leadership that was ignorant and maybe even verged on the side of being an idiot. And then I remember me being in positions where I didn't had no fucking clue how to handle situations, but I had to be the fucking leader. So I'm just throwing it, piecing it together. And if, looking back, I'm like, man, I was it. <laughs> like, I didn't, like I was just doing what I had to do and I didn't have any other choice, but to do, I didn't know any better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. The, the military does that a lot where they kind of throw you in in these positions and they're like all right a lot of on the job training out. yeah <laughs> learn learn by doing for sure yeah 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 that's right that, yeah that's <laughs> most, that adaptability you were talking about mostly yeah <laughs> but uh no that's that's a great point and i think you know i think that goes with with a lot of things you know um communicating with people even outside of the realm of people you know like you know talking to different people you know i think the the best way to make an impact on most people is to come at them at, at an approach of maybe at a way where they understand where you're coming from is a mistake a lot of people have going out there um you know in, in conflict finding conflict is a lot of people go out there with ego and this idea of my way is the right way and i'm going to impose it on other people and that's usually where mm-hmm. conflict happens um so you you talked about that a little bit on the on you know one of the previous podcasts about you know how a lot of conflict can be mitigated through you know just the way you carry yourself posturing and mm. and those things um so yeah I thought that I, was very I, interesting I'm impressed with your uh, preparation for this podcast by you continue to reference the old one so you went back and studied <laughs> a little bit yeah that's good that's yeah, good. yeah i'm impressed i try i try to do a little bit um trying to control trying to control everything man that's right. prepare, you got me you got me um so w- when you uh when you got into teaching um and you learned how to be the instructor type was that from your time in the military is that when you first learned to communicate those concepts for sure i mean that was my I mean, when I came in the military, I was a shithead and was not on the right path in life. I had no no relative leadership or grown man training prior to joining the military. And then not saying that the military did all that. I mean, it, it took me looking beyond 
the obvious in the military and me several years and years of, of trial and error, like we were just saying, for me to figure out better ways to do things. But it was definitely the military. And mostly I'd say it was, for me, I was so wired tight and I was used to accomplishing what I wanted, even though I had relatively low self-esteem. I think that was a, you'll see in, in most like special operations and like high uh, alpha type cultures, whether it be military or otherwise, I think most of the men are driven. They're so ambitious because they're trying to prove something, right? So what we might call a, a negative thing, low self-esteem or whatever, it's also beneficial for a lot of people to be successful in their chosen paths right because you're so ambitious to prove things or to right and that's not always the case but i've seen that a lot you know what i mean that was that, definitely the case for me you know i can relate yeah to that a lot. you're trying to prove something like right? so it's like it's yeah. it's like something unhealthy for you is also giving you the fire to push you forward and make you and be perceived as something more healthy or successful you know yeah so it's 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 a it's a yin yang which is all of life right um so that was my drive and until i got to sf special forces put me around guys that were i hadn't been caliber of people that i hadn't previously been exposed to right and i'm not saying everybody is everything because everybody's just humans but it was just a smaller pool of people that were you know more go-getters and then i started seeing uh different approaches i've seen people that didn't have the same characteristics and background that I had and were seemingly pretty healthy people, but they still had drive to be successful and they were doing, and that was a more healthy way of doing it. And then also through my own blunders of me doing things like as I've always done business as usual. And then that coming back to bite me in the ass eventually, because it was like, I, it's like I was running on red, you know, like an engine running, running on red for too long and then finally the oil the viscosity breaks down and finally the, the mechanical parts break down like I, that's kind of where i got to and and that forced a change you know what i mean and i think that's the, the case in most people's lives like as much as we want to talk shit or not talk shit but say cliche things like adversity is the way the obstacle is the way like i truly believe that in my heart because i feel like humans don't really change unless you run into a wall yeah. whatever that wall is relative to you right it could be like this little thing or it could be a life-altering thing or it could be a rock bottom thing whatever it is it's just you ran into something and it's forced to change otherwise we don't change it's like it's like jujitsu per se like i talk about this when i teach i'm like hey if i'm working a sweep from bottom and and you're not very good at defending it i I don't get very good at my technique because I, there's no nothing to challenge me. So I feel like I'm good sometimes. And then, then I figure out there's a new level to it because I meet another person and another opponent that's giving me more of a fight. And then I'm like, oh, I was missing this or missing that. Like same thing with life. We're missing a lot of things until I'm forced. It's forcefully exposed. And the military and me meeting people high caliber and having a higher standard Put on me and then me still falling back on the same old ways that i used to do things and to get results like once that came crashing down and i ran on red and basically ate humble pie learned about humility and had to face that that 
besides all the other things it did in my life, it forced me to change. It made me reconsider a lot of things. And in general, it made me very open-minded and less judgmental about everyone yeah. because I was, I had to get to the point where because if I had to judge myself by the same standard that I was going to judge other people, like I was a failure to me and I wouldn't be able to live with that. So yeah. once I opened my mind and said, all right, Z, it's okay. I still got responsibilities, even though I feel like I'm a shithead because of whatever. My kids still need me and they don't care if I feel bad about this or that. They need me for that. So I didn't have a way out, you know? So yeah. I was forced to grow. Forced to grow. That right there, the humility and the open mindedness really put, put me on a trajectory for teaching, which I think is the most important thing that I bring personally to teaching. Like I'm open minded to who you are. Like if you're different from me, not in a, not in a, uh, a pandering way where I just tell people what they want to hear, but in a way that like, I'll tell you the truth. I believe I, I speak objectively, but I understand that results in life is subjective, you know? So that led me to be a teacher. And then plus just, in, you know, more, specifically like obviously special forces is more about learning and working with partner forces so there's a lot of that even if you're not formally an instructor in an army school like you're going to be instructing right and teaching people and learning ways to do things and the best way to do things so you're always trying to figure that out like what is the best methodology the best template for uh communicating to people and getting the results that you know you want yeah. so that was a long long answer so oh that's awesome um you know i I think that's great. And whenever I was going through my path as well, I talk about it all the time, how anytime you go for things that are hard charging goals, big goals, there's a lot of failures on the way. I ate a lot of humble pie. I think I ate the whole pie, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Maybe a couple of them, actually. <laughs> yeah, they had to make more pies. Um, you know, it, 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 in in those moments, there was a lot of moments where, you know, I kind of looked at myself in the mirror and was like, I'm not who I thought I was. You know, I'm not this, you know, not that I ever thought I was big bad, but, you know, sometimes you think you're going to do things better than you do. And then when you fall short, you mm -hmm. look at yourself in the mirror. But persevering through that, like you said, is growth. There was adversity there. And then when you grow and you meet that goal, uh, you go. You go, that's what it takes to be successful. You have to, a lot of times, fall short. You know, um, sometimes you hit the mark, but, you know, a lot of those highly successful people really uh, understand that, you know, there's a lot of failures along the way. And that makes for a great teacher, too, somebody who's been through a lot of adversity. You go see somebody who's, who's struggling or something and go, I understand where you're at. And I know where your state of mind is. And I know how to make you better from here. And that's something we talked about internet trends and things like that. That's something I think that gets pushed a lot. There's the successful, no excuses, always win type thing. You see, hear those mm -hmm. messages all the time and they're motivating, but I like to put a different spin on it as, you know, um, of course those things are necessary too, and they're a good motivational tool, but also in the back of your mind, no, you know, there's going to be times where you fall short and you're going to feel like, there was times I felt like the dumbest person ever. I felt like the weakest person ever. I felt like this, that, and the other. But 
you know, continue to persevere and find the mm -hmm. right mentors around me and pull through to eventually become a better version of myself. So ongoing, you know, but um, yeah, I think that, that's awesome. That, that's definitely necessary to understand. Not you, you were talking, and I agree with all those things. And when you first started talking, I started making me think, like, as you said, I didn't expect myself to be a, some big badass. Like same with me with the low self esteem thing. Like I didn't expect myself to be a badass, but I, I think I was more running from the failure feelings than I was running to what I thought was my potential or destiny. So it was like, so it was more of the the negative uh, motivation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't want to feel the the consequence of failure. Kind of like so it was like the unhealthy way of projecting yourself on, on the right uh, path, and that's. And that's almost worse because a guy that feels like he's good when he fails, he still knows he's good. Like I, know, it doesn't it doesn't waver his thoughts about himself. But a person that feels like whatever I'm doing is determining my values, defining me, they are the failure, the feelings of failure, and the emotions involved are so much more uh, uh, terrorizing to them, for lack of a better word, like. Like that was me. So when I fell, like it was like, oh, I'm fucking, you know, everything was like, no matter what I had done before that to get to that point, it was like, I'm all trash. It was all or nothing, you know what I mean? And right. me having to face that and push through and like just accept the emotional maturity that goes along with dealing with failure and being objective and saying, all right, it's not the end of the world. Like that's what happens. Like that was a mental test and straight up crucible that i had to go through as a young man well it's important too because those uh feelings of failure can hit you it doesn't always have to be at the end of something that you failed like i felt like that in the middle of even training events sometimes i do something mm. stupid and i mess something up but if you can't get it together because you you can't let that snowball on you either mm. because when it happens early on into something like say you went into you know rip or rasp or selection or something mm. and you messed up early but it wasn't didn't mean you failed the whole thing wasn't catastrophic but if you let it build up on you and snowball it's going to become even more catastrophic as as you try to continue so being able to absorb it assess it learn from it and mm. then adjust as you go is such a huge, huge um, boon to you as a person doing literally anything or trying to succeed in any field or anything you do. And that's, that's a perfect segue to back to what we kind of talked about earlier with the macro versus micro micro would be what's the task, the specific task macro being the big picture, right? And everything I train and the way I train people for these specific tasks, I like to make analogies or point out how it integrates with life well. Like, so if I'm school bus going by, uh, if I'm doing a complex uh, stress shoot and I shoot some, you know, some targets and then I, somebody says, put a tourniquet on your leg, left leg, like, okay. And then they're yelling at you. And plus you got to manage your muzzle and be safe and, you know, be aware of the range and the environment you're around. It's a lot of things. So what do you got to do? You can't focus on everything at once. You say, all right, what's important now? Gun safe. Where's my leg? Where's the tourniquet? Go through the process. So if you're putting the tourniquet on, make sure it's correct. Monitor your environment. Back to the leg. What's important now? That WIN acronym that a lot of people have used throughout the years in various books and whatnot, coaches especially. What's important now? And it's the same thing like you're talking about. 
Tony, uh, James Tony, the boxer. Yep. Um, <laughs> so that's it's the same thing. It's like even in the midst of regular life things, like I have to be like, all right, what's important now? All right, did I fail this land map? Did I miss my point? Did I get miss a time? Did I do something stupid and fall asleep? Right, whatever. All right, that's accepted. I did that. Consequences accepted. Responsibility accepted. What's important now? The next thing. And I tell, you know, I've taught this to my daughters playing volleyball, and I've talked about this many times. And the more I teach my kids and I help them through these life, these analogies that I have for training for their specific tasks that also integrate with life in general, the more I teach them, and I hear myself saying this, and I man, I'm, I'm fucking receiving that stuff, bro. I feel like I'm learning all this stuff all over again. Me talking to you right now is like me preaching to myself. Like I'm getting hyped up. Like, yeah, see it's, it, what's, what's important now. Like, Hey, my daughter used to, when she started playing volleyball, this is a big thing. I kept telling her. And I, every time I told her this, I was like loving it to hear myself say this. Cause I was reminding myself, I was like, Z, this is me. I need to tell me this. They were they would do fuck up something on the volleyball court, you know, one little transition across the net or whatever, and they would be down. And you could see like a female volleyball team. I don't know if it's common for all female sports, but my daughter's team, they would get you could see it on their faces. Like it was just everything, all their body language said, We suck. But it's like you're two points into the freaking match. Like, like you got you got to get the 25 or whatever the hell it is. You know, it's like, no, like, all right. Noted. I did something bad. Don't do that no more. Okay, moving on. I don't care about that anymore. What's the next thing? Like, let's focus on what's next because the game's not over. And life is like that. And Ranger School is like that for me. It's because both of you guys, you know, you understand Ranger. I went to Ranger School. I was killing it up until Florida. I went to sleep and then I started screwing up. And then I freaking <laughs> was sleeping. My the, the physical part caught up with me and I was sleepy as hell. And I got recycled in Florida. And I was so ashamed of my failure and felt so bad about myself. I was I was on the payphone with my wife. You know, we didn't have cell phones at the time, and I'm crying, being a bitch. I didn't let nobody else see me crying, but I was crying on my wife and be like, oh, you know, mostly it was embarrassment and shame. And and looking back at it, like I had it was on me. Like I could have done better. I could have made better decisions. It was on me. So by the end of my recycle period, you know, a week or so or whatever you had to do, I had to sit around and fuck off and clean floors until the next class picked up. And then like, it was another crossroads. Like we're talking about, like I'd make adapt or keep fucking up and doing the same thing over and getting the same shitty results. Right. Adapt. So I adapted and said, I'm just going to, you know, whatever happened, whatever embarrassment I feel, whatever shame I feel, because I feel like I'm supposed to be this guy. I got to put it aside. I got to keep, I got to do what's asked of me to, to finish this, this school. And that's what I did. And, you know, finished it. And looking back, I'm not ashamed at all to talk about it because I realized how beneficial that was for me. You know? I, I, I can definitely agree. I, I think, you know, my failures was the biggest growing experiences in my life for me. Also, I didn't realize you had an anger tab as well. I have an anger tab. I, I went straight through to Florida <laughs> and I did, I did. I actually had two recycles in Florida. Um, and through that period, that was very hard for me. Um, 
you know, that was a long time to be stuck in one phase. And, and nonetheless, at the end, and phase, just sitting in your thoughts of failure. Yeah. It's right there at the end too. It's like, you could have been across the finish line, but they said, Nope. And, um, that was, that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. But from that, I, I still think to this day about that, those, that hardship, I still think to this day about it because from that grew me a lot, you know? Um, and it's something I, you know, I'm completely open about too. I fell short the first time. Um, second time recycled in, I got peered and that was hard for me because I'm like, oh, people didn't, you know, yeah. that was a hard, That's hard thing for anybody. Too. Yeah. Cause you're thinking again, that image you had of yourself, you know, wanting to be well-liked in a community. Oh, I fell short, you know, and it wasn't that I didn't meet the criteria. It was that people around me didn't like what I was doing or it wasn't yeah. enough, you know, and, and that's that was a hard, hard pill to swallow shattered the image of myself. Right. When I went through the third time, I really grew from that, did well, but I carried that. And this is this is a, something I think happens to a lot of uh, military guys through multiple experiences. But I carried that image that I took, that negative image I had of myself for a long time, where it was like, it, and I talk to guys all, all sorts of times, you know, you talk about mental health post-military, um, and you talk to a lot of guys, and it's they've done all these awesome things, but sometimes like if you're drinking or something, they'll bring up bad things that they did. It's like, why focus on that? You did so many good things. Did you grow from it? I did. I grew from it. It made me way better. So did you grow from it? Then it was a good thing, you know? And that's, that's something, you know, I think it's kind of cool. We segued into that. Cause I, I mean, I think about that a lot, you know, a lot of guys from, post-military or anything really i mean that's just a factor of life they fail and they carry that image of themselves for a long time and it affects their their self-esteem and all these other things it's like it's a learning experience what what you're you're saying what you're saying like it resonates with me in a different way now because the way you said it you said you're thinking back to that time and how it still sticks with you not in a bad way like i suck but in a in a way where you you're you're realizing the benefits of it Right. To me, it's like a return on investment. It's awesome. It's like not only is the obstacle the way, but it keeps paying you. Yeah. Like it continues to pay, pay forward in your life and, and benefit you if you choose to learn from it. Now, if you choose to do the same old thing, like ah, I gutted through it and I never changed anything or my outlook on anything because of it. Yeah, you're doomed to fucking repeat that shit and continue to get those hard lessons. Right. Because we know shit happens whether or not you're you're awesome at life or not. Shit happens to you. You have no control. So how you deal with it, that's that stoic mindset, which I'm not super philosophical, but I do appreciate the stoic philosophy of, hey, control what you can control and what you can't. Don't let it fucking worry you to death, you know? So that's that in a nutshell. And that's what you're doing. Like, So me, if I'm going through some shit, I can look at what Daniel said and said, hey, I'm going through some shit, but I'm going to suffer and stew in this emotions because you got to feel the emotions. You can't just put them to the wayside. We'd like to do that. Compartmentalization is a thing. And if I got to do a job at that point in time, yes, I will compartmentalize, but it's always important to process emotions, which that's just something I had to learn on the, the hind side of military, but process the emotions and deal with it, accept your responsibility in it. And then the growth happens, right? But you go through it, you feel it. And the, you're still getting a return on investment 
all these years later, all this time later, and you'll still can like, and to me, that's the beneficial part of me telling my story and being transparent about my failures is because I feel like I'm kind of showing you, here's the, here's the proof that I know that it's okay to fail. Like I, it fucking happens. You slip up, you fuck up. Right. And nothing is catastrophic if it didn't kill you. Right. So like, it's not catastrophic, like not the end of the world. And all, of course, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow depending on what you're going through. But like, remember that you're going to be better for this. You're going to be better for that. Sometimes that's all I got to tell myself. And like, I hate to hear it from myself. Like if you, if you like a buddy came to me and told me some kind of pep talk, like you're going to be better for this, man. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Get out of my face. (laughs) Like like, I'll fight you right now. Don't, I don't want to hear it, but I can't deny the facts that, that it will be. So I may not want to hear it sometimes and I may not want to see a motivational poster, but I'm telling myself like, Hey man, come on, it's going to be better. I'm going to be better for this. Like this is making me grow just like sore muscles leads to stronger muscles, like sore life, hurt, ego, pride, crushed. Like that leads to, to passing, surpassing your plateau to meeting potential and being more mature as a, as a, as a man. What you said about feeling the emotions is important too, because like those compartments get full. Like if you keep compartmentalizing things over and over and yeah, over again without actually good. processing those things, that's gonna get it's gonna get filled up and you're gonna explode. <laughs> like you only got so much space in that sandbag yeah. before it starts busting at the seams. Yep. Yeah. I thought a lot about, you know, what what you had said. Here's another reference back from my preparedness. <laughs> but you said one day you had to look at yourself in the mirror and you know, look at yourself for what you were. And that, that hit me a lot too, because, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of expectations that you have for yourself, you know, and the, the image of what you should be. And, uh, you know, I found myself post-military looking at myself in the mirror and asking myself if I was good enough. You know, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, and I think people just everywhere struggle with it. Sure, man. Like, I think obviously, you know, some of us are more prone to it than others. Like, if you're, you know, your disposition as far as your your mental uh, battles, I guess, you know, chemicals in the brain. And I, I'm prone to depression. Like, I've I've been prone to depression. Like, 2003, I got on Prozac, and I was like, the, like I'd never taken medicine as a kid because my mom would say that it was bad for you. So, first time I took a Motrin was in selection after I'd already been in the army for six years. You know what I mean? Because I just didn't, that was just what I was told. Right. So yeah. Prozac in 2003, plus you hear all the things about being weak. And I was so worried, man. I was like, man, people are going to freaking think I'm crazy. They're not, not going to want me to have guns. They're going to think I'm going to try to kill myself. Yeah. And I didn't even know that I was asking for that. I just talked to a guy on a deployment that was, you know, is a PA and he happened to, we have a little better relationship outside of, it wasn't so formal of a relationship. It was, he was personable and he, and I opened up. I was just like, man, I, I got to a point when I was overseas and I had this, I was there for a year in 2003. And I was like, I didn't want to be around anybody. I was a squad leader and I just didn't, when we wasn't doing anything or had downtime, I didn't want to be around people. I was fucking, I wanted to stay in a hole and I didn't know what that was. And I was just simply voicing that to him. And I didn't even know, you know, I didn't put a label on it. And that's when I started taking that. And I've been on it for, I still take Prozac now. Like, 
I still take a, like a real low dose, but I stay. I've I've been I've ebbed and flowed and been through this shit with antidepressants where I figured it's hard as hell to get off of them because you go through a process like where your body is like your mental your mentality and your emotions are like haywire and what you're trying to if you try to quit this shit cold turkey you got to taper off or you freaking get like super irritable and all kinds of crazy shit so for me it's like better to just stay on it and not try to worry because it doesn't affect me any negative ways that i know of and i'm like on 10 milligrams a day which is real small considering i'm 230 pound person um so but i've been on ever since 2003 i had to go through selection i went to ranger school with that no, I didn't go to Ranger School. 2001, I went to Ranger School, but 2003, I went to, you know, that was before my journey into SF and everything. So I'm like, every step of the way, I'm having to like be transparent about this shit. Like, well, I got these pills, you know, and they're like, I joke and be like, they're my crazy pills. <laughs> man, but it was a, it was a big, it was a big transition for me, man. And uh, that mental, we were talking about everybody looks in the mirror and has to come to terms with who they are. I was more prone to thinking critically of myself than I was thinking, giving myself the benefit of the doubt. That's just what I was. So I needed, I, th- I would have gave up a long time ago if, if I stayed doing the same things that I, that got me that far. You know, if I had just kept doing the same things that I always did. That's big of you to to say that. And, and uh, so I'll be transparent as well. I don't care. Um, I'm on anti-anxiety meds on what's known as venflaxing. Um, I feel like, that fixed my brain because I always felt like I was in fight or flight mode. Mm. Um, and it was affecting a lot of things in my life. It was even affecting my health. So, um, you know, when I got on that, I, I very much as a, as a, you know, I'm a physical therapy student. We were talking about that. I look at people as an anatomical machine. And sometimes we're, we're missing something whenever, especially there's things like trauma and and past experiences that can influence you know, our chemical makeup, our neurological mm-hmm. makeup. So sometimes, you know, sometimes that's what we need to find that extra push. I feel like, I feel like that gave me a piece of the puzzle that was missing, you know, and, yeah. and since I've been on that, um, you know, I feel like a completely different person. That's, you know, I think that's, you know, if there's any vets li- listening or even people who've been through some stuff, you know, okay to talk to people, okay to, talk to somebody sure. about those kind of things you know there's a there's a time and place for that stuff for sure um i look at i look at uh i look at yeah i think we're pretty similar in this way i'm very transparent because i would think for all the trauma in my life and all the hardships that i've had me being transparent on a place as uh even as trivial as the internet you know i know it's going to benefit somebody somebody's going to listen and go i'm going through that too I can even help one person. I'm totally cool. Karen. Yeah. All sure, things. man. They should know yeah. it's okay. And they know that, like you said, the medicine to me, obviously any kind of foreign chemicals introduced to your body to be abused. And I think what people mess up is, and I did this for a long time. I took the magic pill and I hope that it would just make like, do your job pill. <laughs> so I don't have to go through <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Right. But that's not how it went. So and I look at it like this. I use the pill as a way to facilitate me having, taking some of the distractions away so I could focus and be better at, de- or I guess working on a cognitive way to, to get better, get developing better habits, developing better mindsets that go along with the pill. You know what I'm saying? So people think 
right, I don't want to get on it. First off, they, they don't want to admit that there's an issue because they're too tough for that, right? Magically, I'll just push through. <laughs> but we know yeah. you only, like like James said, like you, you can only, there's only so much in that compartment, <laughs> right? Right. So like you can do that for a little while, but then you run red and the engine starts breaking down. And then also if you just rely on the chemical part, then you start to, there's no effort on your part. You're not really making a change. You're just relying on something outside of you to kind of dictate how you feel that day. And that's not, really beneficial it's just a band-aid right but if you use it correctly and say all right take the pill so it helps me so i can focus better it takes some of the distractions of life away helps my chemicals gives me the propensity to to make a change right then i do that work as well and you know come to terms with yourself who are you and be honest about what your failures are and what you need to fix and take responsibility it helps you all those things together is what put you on the path to to maintaining a healthier life in general, right? You know, yeah. still, it doesn't make everything, you know, seamless, obviously, right. but it gives you the tools and that's what you need. Like the problem's always going to be there. You just got to have good tools. I'm always going to have a tree that I got to cut down. So I got to have a sharp axe. You know what I mean? Like right. trees are not going to stop me in trees. They got to be cut down. I got to have a sharp axe. I'm still going to encounter trees. So that's, you know, our work mentally and emotionally to get through our failures and come to terms with it, right? Be okay with ourselves, um, whatever that took, and then the medicines that help with that. So you can kind of get the mindset or the chemicals right so you can actually focus on those things and not be overcome by whatever's going on in your head, right? Those are the tools that help us get through adversity that is still going to happen, right? And then also back we can bring this full circle back to physical fitness and even training, hard training in general, firearms, physical fitness, jujitsu, like all I feel like I'm doing now with the tools that I've, I've kind of, I've kind of gathered along the way is now I'm refining and maintaining my abilities because the adversity I face in jujitsu, when somebody puts me in a bad spot or I have a bad day and don't do what perform like I want to, I'm practicing those skills. And using any of those tools that I've gathered along the way, I'm, I'm implementing those things, keeping them sharp. When I do physical fitness, when I don't feel like doing it and I do it anyway, I always feel better when I did it. Even if I did a half-assed workout, maybe I didn't do it the intensity level or the rep count or the, the set count that I wanted, right? But I went and did something anyway, I always feel better. I always feel better because I know that I just implemented the things that I preach to myself and to others that, damn, I just got to fucking do something, you know what I mean? And I've come out here and I probably, from some people's perspective, I probably did like the shit, you couldn't even call it a workout before. Like, I'm like, I did like three sets of something and fucking was like, man, I'm done. Like, but I told myself I was going to do something. Yeah. And me doing that, it wasn't even a David Goggins moment where I conquered the world. It was just, man, I freaking, what, I was dead set on not doing shit. And, but I told myself I was going to do it and I just gathered my nuts of discipline, <laughs> my nuts yeah. of discipline. That's a new thing. I just, I like it. And I fucking came out here and did this. I'm going to trademark you know? that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your nuts are discipline. Even if you come out here and do three sets of 25 push ups, like, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's what, what that's that's Tony's where we're holding <laughs> The nuts of discipline. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's that's great. You know, um, and especially with a busy life, too. Sometimes you got to, 
you got to find a balance in there too. There's all sorts of different things you may pop in my head that I want to talk about, but um, finding the balance too. Like sometimes it's okay to not go do uh do the not knock on David Goggins, but not everybody's got the work life balance to go run a hundred miles yeah. or whatever. So sometimes you know I can attest to how busy I am now. Um, sometimes I'm getting to the gym and I'm hitting like a 15 minute workout, you know, and I did something. And that's also, you know, going back to, you know, talking about, you know, medicines and things like that's your daily dose. So like, what are you doing for yourself as well? Your skill building, the things that make you give you the self-efficacy to feel like a better you, um, you know, and, and sometimes that medication is just an extra boost, but you need those extra things. And I'm not, I need those little victories, man. Right. Right. And, and, you know, me saying that I'm not pushing that on anybody or anything. You, you like for sure. Talk to your doctor, do what's right for you, you know, yeah. you know, whatever you believe in. But, you know, um, I talk about it because, you know, I think it's important for people to seek out what's best for them, their growth, their mental health. And that's a whole number of things. You know, I can attest to me personally. I was doing a lot of things right. But, you know, there was times I would go out there and I would I would do and I'm not being hyperbolic. I would do 30 hill sprints. I'd be doing burpees between the sprints. I'd be doing battle ropes. I'd be doing, I mean, drenched in sweat, trying to get some sort of release in my head because something mm. was fundamentally broken inside me. But and you you're know, trying to like physically fight it. <laughs> right. Sometimes, sometimes you got to seek. Yes. You got to seek other things. Like mm. it was, you know, I tried to do the things that I thought worked. Okay. Hard work, work harder, these type of things. But what I needed to address was to go talk to somebody. You know, be open mm-hmm. to other things, you know, and that kind of gave me the pieces in my life that I was missing, you know. That's that's key right there. And that's what we're talking about, too. Like you were fighting it on a on a front that you were comfortable fighting. Like I'm f- comfortable fighting, you know, the military experience and, and whatever life experience. Like I'm comfortable fighting the physical fight. But the other fight that is less tangible that I can't really put a finger on and like directly fight against. You know, what I mean, that is. It's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard for, and I don't. I don't think it's just guys like us. I think it's just anybody. Like, if it's not a tangible thing that I can do to counter whatever, like it's hard. I can't wrap my head around it. I can't, or it's not happening fast enough. Like when I go, want to feel good, I can go work out, and it's a set block of even if it's fifty minutes. I got to sweat. I felt better. Now I'm done. I achieved whatever I need to achieve in that moment, and it's like instant grit. You know, I'm I'm gracious. I'm I have gratitude and I feel better. Like, but not everything's like this. Like, man, I'm I'm not getting results now. There's no way for me to do this. And that is so fucking hard because during the time that you're trying to figure that out, you're still like uh James said, like stewing in those emotions that you gotta feel unless you avoid them. And you can avoid them, but usually that leads to unhealthy things like I need to avoid by drinking or relationships or whatever the hell to to redirect my attention. Right. That's just avoidance, avoidance, avoidance. Like that's not where we want to go. That can become, you know, life altering uh, catastrophically. So we have to like stew and we're not getting that direct result from a tangible thing. And that is so freaking hard. Like, where am I going? Why am I just in this place? Why am I just feeling these things? And I don't see a, an end in sight. What do you think, James? 
Yeah, and then nicotine, fitness, uh, energy drinks, and alcohol are not <laughs> self-medicating for those things either. So um, you see that a lot. Like people dive into nicotine and energy drinks to push them through when that fitness, you know, didn't help. Um, and all that's doing is just making it worse. You're just trying to fight it with the wrong things. Like you said, you're fighting a war on the wrong front. <clears throat> yeah, it's like, hey, because that's the easy route. Like humans are humans. And that's, and I know that about myself. When given the easy way, if I don't consciously work against the easy way, I will go the easy way. If you put a path around a yard, that's why sergeants majors are always telling you stay off the grass because they humans are humans. And if there's an easy shortcut from point A to point B, I'm going to fucking cut through the grass and walk on the grass. Right. Yeah. And we do that in our whole lives. Right. So the easy route is like, if I just take this thing or drink this thing or wear this thing or whatever the hell that makes me feel better. That's a lot better and a lot, shorter flash the bang <laughs> on the on the results you know what i mean like hey let's just do that but then we never sway from that until it goes bad you never yeah. sway from it because it's just like this feels good it's working yeah it can only be a problem for tomorrow you for so many days before it yeah, all yeah. collapses right yeah and that's hard to see you know it's uh that's what and that's well that brings us back to like coaches and teachers, coaches and teachers. And in the same breath, you can mention parents, uh, mentors of any sort, right? Or maybe even somebody online that you look at and you feel like, you know, they, whatever they say or whatever they do resonates with you. Like as a teacher, and I tell people at, at the gym when I'm coaching them, I'm like, coaches aren't everything. Like you still like the athlete or the person, the individual still got to go perform. But when given the opportunity to take the easy way, we will. And you got to have somebody that helps hold your feet to the fire, that keeps you accountable. That's where the coaches, teachers, parents come into play. Not that you're wrong. Every human will fuck up left to their own devices. Everybody, I'm, cons I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of that totally. Absolutely. Every human will mess up left to their own devices without checks and balances, right? And that's where we come in, especially when it comes to hard stuff. Like if I didn't have somebody holding me accountable, right, or pushing me or me exposing myself on the mats and getting out of breath thinking, man, I need to work more on cardio or whatever, then I would not do anything about it probably. <laughs> like, yeah. I got to be held accountable, right? If I didn't have – if uh, it took me 40-something years to do be more disciplined and consistent about doing reps and drills for myself, I just took it – I was already naturally good at things based off of exposure to whatever because of, uh, I guess the environment or the, whatever I was doing kind of, uh, inadvertently put me in a position to learn skills. I took advantage of that and I didn't have to put effort in because I was, it was part of my life when it's not a part of my life anymore. I was like, well, I've got to maintain this stuff on my own and there's nobody here. My wife, if she had to say so, she'd tell me to do less things that help my skills. Right. So so, I mean, like, I got to tell me, like, hey, go, I'm going to do 10 minutes of this and make sure I'm good at this. Even though I have a good foundation, I can be better and I got to maintain these things because it's all perishable, right? I can't just work out one time and kill it and then be in shape the rest of my life. Like, I got to maintain oh, it. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I mean, it'd be easy. But then we'd be, it'd be boring, bro, because we just have it so awesome. But, yeah. like, that's what we got to do we got to freaking maintain that stuff and we i make myself do those things and that's why we need i need external accountability right whatever that looks like right guys need a coach like daniel 
And even me, sometimes it's just a piece of paper. My military mindset, if I had something that said, you do ABC, like my mind kind of locks into like, I got to do ABC no matter what. And that helps me push through because I feel like I got to ha- have a sense of completion. You know, that's just something in me. Um, so having that stuff helps me hold me accountable. If people are just out there flapping and not seeking ways to get external accountability, doesn't mean you're not going to be successful, but it, it will plateau. You will plateau. And eventually you'll need some external accountability to help you grow past that. I think, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, my little sales pitch here. That's why I think, you know, things like programs, workout programs, where, you know, to some people that's, that's such a, maybe a silly idea or something, but that is, I print off my own stuff and I go to the gym and I'm like, I have to do this. And that's, that's my form of accountability. And then, like you said, there's times where, you know, my motivation may not be the best. So what what else do I do? I go train at, I go train jujitsu at a gym where I know people are going to test me. I'm going to be tested and I'm going to grow from that. I also got an instructor who's telling me to do things, you know, that I may or may not. Even though you might not like to do it. You're like, I don't feel like doing that. Like do it. Yeah. Get on your back. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, you know, for, for firearms instruction too, going and seeking an instructor like yeah there's there's youtube videos and i could sit out in the yard if I, you know what i would do i would do a couple of ready ups and i go hey, that's probably good and that's Feel good let me go shoot some stuff burn some, some rounds some... yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what's making me better it's it's the things it's the fundamentals it's the it's the things that may not be fun to do and or the repetitions that i may not want to do and that's where you know i think you know the most growth yeah, that's where the most growth is. And that's why it's important to go seek that out. Um, and you do a lot of things with that, right? You do the you do uh the firearms. I see you do things with uh we we're talking about it a little bit, but you know, you, you teach the jujitsu, but you also I see you, you do like firearms retention, all sorts of different things. And that is uh that's such a good environment for people to grow, to go test themselves and grow. Um, I think that's awesome. I probably need to attend one of your classes one day. <laughs> I'd love to have you. It's on me that'd if you awesome. want to come. I, I'm, oh, man, cons- I'm, awesome. I'm very convinced that in general, discomfort is the only way for growth when it comes to humans, right? That's the only way. Like, there's no, I, I think probably the same for every living thing. We could probably find some kind of uh, correlation between plants. Like they got to go through this process and it's hard and painful and then it breaks through the soil and then it starts growing and then it goes through a deadening phase and then it regrows and blooms. Like, I don't want to sound too philosophical, but I I can't deny the facts, right? Everything that's made me grow and become better and forced me to see myself for who I am and make changes or not has been part of discomfort, you know, varying degrees of discomfort, right? I don't like my ego to be tested. I don't like my pride to be tested. I don't like to fail. I don't like to be weak. I don't like to be wrong. I think everybody suffers from that to some degree. So, but when I am that, right, and I stick with it and I just, I guess, float in that space long enough, I start to see the benefits for real. And it's lasting benefits versus superficial band-aid benefits, right? And the same thing, like my firearms classes, like I always tell the students that come, I give a lot of respect to them, first off, because I was a part of a, a, a an organization environment where we were forced to be in front of people. There was a lot of organizational training and different things like that. So you was 
and I still wasn't great at dealing with the feelings and the and the uh, the apprehension and anxiety that goes along with being in a crowd of people and learning and and failure being on the table. But I got better at it. I was conditioned a little bit over time. Like you're exposed to it enough, you get better at it. You know, so you react better. But I still see I see people that are civilians that's never been in like an organizational class where they've been put on the spot or they're they're gonna be held to certain standards like like we have in the military or whatever and they come to these classes and i am so impressed with that already because i know if you're not a guy that's already accustomed to that and you paid money your money spent your time time and dime i say i I appreciate your time and dime for real because you come out here and you're exposing yourself and you're prepared to be vulnerable and potentially screw up and do the wrong things and learn what you're not doing right like who does that? That takes a strong person, man. That takes a strong person. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. If you come out there and you're the worst shooter on the lane and you did everything wrong, I don't care. Like, of course, we want you to be safe. I'm going to make sure we're safe. But you're, you've you accomplished something. by. And I tell people on the jiu-jitsu mat the same thing. Like, you overcame some adversity to step on the mat and expose yourself to this. Some Not everybody likes to be sweaty and, t- and close with people and, like, be all up on and be tired and feel smothered. Like, that's not a common thing that people like to do. And if you do that, and then also you continue to do it, even when you feel like you're not doing that well, and you're always being the nail when and the hammer's beating you down, like that shows a tremendous amount of growth on their part, right? Like, bro, you're sticking with it. I don't know if I could have done that at a younger age, right? Continue to, to, to feel adversity day in and day out and not be good. Right. So I, I see a, I have a great amount of respect for people that just step into the arena. Like that old, is that Theodore Roosevelt had the man in the arena quote. That's pretty awesome. It's like, you know, it's not the critics that count. It's the man who stepped in, whether he succeeds or fails, he was in the arena. So if you ain't been in the arena, you ain't got shit to say to him. Right. So if you step into the arena, if you expose yourself, if you attempt a challenge that you've already You've already gotten respect from me just from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Daniel and I have mentioned it before to some of the younger guys that watch our content too, is it's like, we tell them you're going to grow more if you get really comfortable with being uncomfortable, because Mm. if you're afraid, too afraid to put yourself into slightly uncomfortable positions, you're not going to grow as much as you really want to. And definitely not as much as you need to. Yeah. That's why in the micro uh, that's why we do those little training. Like I suffer in the gym. I suffer on the jujitsu mats. I suffer when I do, do classes and I uh, demonstrate things for students. I feel stage fright doing that stuff. I mean, I'm trained enough where I know what I, my, my outcome should be because I've trained enough to have predictable outcomes, but there's still the fear of failure, right? So all that stuff makes me better because I'm, const- I'm constantly giving myself a place to be discomfort and, and fighting through feel discomfort and fight through it. That to me is the micro that leads to the macro uh, success. Meaning I know discomfort. I expose myself to discomfort on various levels acutely all the time. So that same mindset and people use the word mindset a lot. The mindset only comes from the experience, putting yourself through it. It doesn't happen because I tell you what the mindset should be. You don't just get the mindset. You earn the mindset. And the mindset is I face discomfort and I do it regularly and I know how to deal with it. I've exposed myself to this regularly and it becomes, you become conditioned to deal with that. 
So like you're saying, uh, James, is be comfortable in the uncomfortable because that is necessary. And that's what we're doing if we constantly give ourselves discomfort. That's a, that's a great point. I think that was the, my biggest uh, growing experience as well is learning that um, it took time as well. You know, um, that is a, that's a great, that's a great point to drive home. That's something that I like that you do. Um, you know, I can talk about, I'll give an analogy here. Whenever I was younger, I went to this boxing gym, right? And I thought I was going to go in there. I did a lot of curls in the gym. I thought I was going to go in there and <laughs> box somebody. And I got my face boxed off. And <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go back. <laughs> and what happened was I went in the military in this environment where if I failed, it wasn't, there wasn't, I mean, there could have been to an extent, but I felt like there wasn't any, you couldn't hide away from it. Like mm. you, the spotlight was on you is like, Ooh, that sting, that stung, didn't it? All right, now you got to keep going. And I think through that, I learned, learned that. And, and I see that now, you know, so after the military, I went and, you know, I've joined a boxing gym again, got my face box off first day, once again, repeat, right? But then I kept showing back up and eventually you, you learn stuff and that's growth. But, you know, I, I respect people as well that would come in. You see, you see it all the time. New guys that come in the gym, you know, uh, whether it be boxing or the jujitsu or, you know, the things that you do, the shooting and stuff. Um, it's the guys who mess up or didn't have a good day and keep coming back. I mean, that's huge. That's, that's where. Resilience. Right. That's a, that is a really huge life lesson. That's a hard one to learn because egos in the way for so many people yeah. that so many people won't even step into those places. But I think it's important to. For sure. For sure. And, and the I think way, if I, if I went and took a class, sorry, if I went and took a, like a class with you and we were like doing like advanced carbine or something, I, I'm sure I'd just feel like just out of it. Right. You know, I, that would be out of my comfort zone, but that's something like I want to go do as well, because I, that's another test that I need to take or, you know, right. I, that's something that you I appreciate the challenge at this point, And you see right. the benefits of doing that, not just on the f success or failure of that specific task, but what you're experiencing while you're facing that challenge in general, that that right. macro versus the micro. Right? And, and there's one thing that I do, like, as philosophical as we are, we're talking right here and is, I don't know. What's the word looking for as, as as seemingly mystical maybe as we sound like ah you got to do these things and it sounds like all this cliche stuff yeah. i really what what makes me feel the most comfortable and helps me break the ice with people that i can see that are kind of not thinking correctly in their approach to training when i see them is me just coming back to facts and objectivity and that what i tell them is this like skills are skills this does has skills or the ability to do things or techniques or have this or that it's super objective, right? It doesn't define who you are. Either you've done a lot of those things and you've gotten good at it or you haven't. So if I'm me and I'm a guy that may be respected in society because of my military background and my stature and my uh, projection on social media and me being a father and a leader type figure, does that make me good at everything? No, like you're only good at the things that you've worked at being good at. 
So yes, would that give me a problem? And I may, maybe I'm not familiar being bad at things a lot because I'm not in an environment where I'm always bad at things. I'm not going playing. Uh, my daughter plays Yu-Gi-Oh with the cards. Like I looked at those cards. There's so much information on that. I have no clue how the hell to figure out that game looking over her shoulder. It's a deep explanation that was necessary. I was so bad suck. Right. As though that, that would be uncomfortable for me because I usually do things that I'm pretty good at. I mean, a black belt, I teach jujitsu. I'm a firearms instructor and I shoot. So I'm not used to being like bad at the things that I'm trying to do. I have been there though. So if people see that and they, they come to an environment, maybe they, they haven't been used to, but they have some, their social status or whatever is here. They equate that to being, I must save face and not be bad at things because I'm used right. to being the top dog in my circles. And I get that. That's common. Like we don't want to feel lower when I'm used to being this guy. Right. So I tell them this, I, this is how I break the ice and kind of get through. And it gets through to me as well. I'm like, all right. So this person comes and does jujitsu. He's like, man, I was, I was just getting beat up, man. I was getting wrecked and they look bad. I'm like, well, I was like, well, before here, how much time did you spend like wrestling another grown man trying to hold him down? They're like, I've never done this. I'm like, all right. So um, if I give you a Mandarin Chinese language book right now and I say, hey, do this and you've never done it before, do you think you would do very well at that? Like you don't know what the signs mean, the symbols mean. You don't know how it reads left or right. What, I mean, how would you expect to be good at something you've never done before? It's like me saying, hey, I've got a brand new baby. It's a human. It should be walking. Throw it down. It should start walking. You know what I'm saying? Like get that thing walking. Like, no, the baby didn't know how to walk. It never walked before. Like how the hell is it supposed to know how to walk? I was like, you're no different now. Like if, if you have never done this thing, this specific thing, not just things in general, this specific thing, why would you expect to be good at this specific thing? And I tell myself that to, to, to help, you know, calm myself down in the face of adversity or things that I'm not conquering right off the bat. I'm like, well, Z, or, you know, I've messed up and uh, done bad things on the mat, like jujitsu, like maybe I'm in the heat of the moment and something, some obvious technique that I know about didn't come natural to me and I didn't implement it. And I look back on it like, damn, why didn't I do that? And I tell myself, Z, well, how much have you practiced that? Well, zero in the past year, probably. Like, okay, well, why would you expect to just freaking pull that thing like a rabbit out of a hat, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment when you haven't even practiced it? Like, why would you expect that? So don't be hard on yourself. You just, I mean, you can be hard on yourself saying, hey, I should have covered, uh, you know, those bases and trained those things. But don't feel like it's you're a piece of shit because of it, because that's just natural. Like you didn't do those things. You haven't done those things specifically. Why would you expect to be good at those? Simple as that. Like, so the guy's coming to shoot. I was like, well, how much training you got? Well, I've shot a little bit at home. I was like, okay. Um, how many hours you think? Well, I don't really know. You know, there's plinking, you know, so they didn't really have a, a, a tangible standard to go by. Right. So why would I expect you to be or why would you expect yourself to be super good at these things that I'm having you do? That's kind of outside of your wheelhouse now. I mean, you're going to expose to get better at them now, but you can't expect magic. You know, to happen when there's nothing. And I guess the best analogy I use is like, hey, if you take a box and you didn't put anything in the box, don't expect to find anything in the box. Like there's no like magically something in the box, like put stuff in there. That's how you get the stuff out. Like that's how the box has things. You put them in, right? right? So if you don't put them in, where where are they going to come? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really uh, validating, refreshing to 
hear you say that these things, you know, because I feel like I've learned them in in my time in life, but to hear, you know, because you're you're older than me, you have a lot more experiences and a lot of success. I look at the patch wall back there. I think you got every patch in the army and all those things. Like, <laughs> I think you gave me stuff. Yeah, but but really, um, you know, you got an awesome career, and there's all sorts of things we could talk about there. But you know, um, this long career as a as a Green Beret, and you know, the early war you went through, the early war, and you know, all these experiences and things, and all these successes, you black belt in jujitsu you know, fighter, you're a shooter, all these things. Like when I look at you, I'm like, that's Superman. But to hear you say, you know, you go through the same things, you know, as I'm still climbing the ladder too, I go, I go, it's okay to, to fumble and to keep pushing. And then I know, you know, some people I'd like to think anyway, some people might look at me like that too. Cause they're trying to get where I've been or where I'm at. Right. And, you know, I think, you know, that trickle down effect is pretty powerful. Well, I think, I thank you for that, man. And, and like I said, it's, we're all got our perspective. It's all relative. And I know people hate to hear that stuff because it sounds so cliche, but the more you learn, live and learn, the more you realize how true that is. It's like my obstacles are not your obstacles. You know, James's, anybody else's, their obstacles. If you didn't go to the military, if you didn't do X, Y, or Z, does it make you, any less strong or, you know, uh, tenacious or capable, right? You can work on those things. Like whatever is humanly possible is possible for you. And like you talk, you, you look at Michael Jordan, like I, I'm interested in seeing these athletes and I love the dichotomy of how awesome they are for those very specific tasks that they do, but how, What's the word? How concentrated they were in their life application to get to that point. Like what all fell to the wayside? Because no human could be as good in a concentrated area as they are without other things falling to the wayside because we know we only have so much bandwidth and ability to focus on things. Like there's a price to pay, there's a cost to these things. Right. And all we're trying to do, and I, you know, I'm not saying anything against people that want to concentrate their efforts in a very specific area and be awesome at it, but it's going to be a price to it. You know, yeah. the price to me being doing all the military stuff and, and spending so much time there is that I was not very good at life and relationships. Like there were the costs, big costs. And I paid for it on the back end, still working on it. Right. Um, the cost to, uh, working out and being the most awesome physique that you could and be a model. Maybe that takes all your time away from the other things that are more, maybe relatively more important in life than looking good. You know, all those things, like there's a cost. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good point too. Cause you know, I find myself, especially in the day and age of the internet where you look and there's a lot of comparisons and things like oh, yeah. I'm not doing what this guy's doing. I'm not doing this. You know, look at sometimes. Okay. To look at what, what you are doing good and look around. You know, of course, strive for success and all these other things. Test yourself. All these other things we've been saying is very important. But also to realize, you know, if I use like a medical analogy, there's a reason there's different doctors. There's a GI doctor. There's a there's a um, there's the physical therapist. There's the uh, let's see, urologist. 
Thank you. <laughs> Not very many doctors I'm listening. I was like, but there's also there's the, a couple more, I think. Yeah, yeah. Orthopedic surgeon. There's also the ones for feet, the ones for hands, brains. Yes, podiatrist, <laughs> right? Yeah, pediatric, uh, pedi- pediatric doctor. You know, there's all sorts of different fields because you can't be good at everything. There's no. people who are specializing. There's too many things to know and to be good at. That's why we have different people good at different things, and it's okay. It's okay to find what's best for your self-efficacy. And focus on that, but also, you know, like as family, as family men, you know, understanding that like there's a home balance element. There's, you know, you know, there's the people in your home, there's the things you want to do and finding a balance between that. So, you know, there might be people listening to podcasts that goes, you know, uh, you know, I haven't had time to get in the gym, you know, I work all the time, but, you know, I'm trying to motivate to get that way because I got all these other life factors going on. You know, do what you can. And of course, push yourself, go get a coach if you need to, but also understand that it's okay to have a, a balance because you see some of these guys who are super, superheroes. And I tell myself that sometimes, you know, like I see some of these guys who are doing super good at a specific task, but you know, what else, what else is the periphery? Like, right. a lot you're of seeing the most awesome, awesome part about it. Yeah. Right. Obviously they're projecting that. Like, yeah. To, to me, like life in general, especially social media age, it's like the meme view. Like, you know how a meme can take like a serious subject and really reduce it down to a very simple, funny something. Yeah. The meme does not have any other context though. It's like just a meme. And it's like, oh, funny, but I can't take that as gospel. It's a it's a meme, right? You gotta look into the the, the layers of the subject if you're laughing about something. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, it's like social media is like just a meme perspective of people's lives. Like it's just a real right. quick, no context, just I just see a guy lifting this super thing and he looks awesome. Like, Oh, that's awesome. Like what else is going on with his life? (laughs) And also everyone's always only posting like the most optimal, the most awesome. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You don't see, you didn't see that dude, you know, fail that PR, you know, (laughs) seven weeks in a row before he actually got it up and posted the video where he, he put something up. Yeah. Right. You didn't see any of that stuff. You don't see what his financial statements are. You don't see what he's dealing with his education. (laughs) Yeah. Not that you're trying to put them down. I'm just saying, like, yeah, priorities. Priorities, the balance of life, and yeah, and that's what also makes it so exciting. There's so many things you could do, and finding efficacy and uh, the balance and what's okay. And if I, uh, for the capable citizens, like for guys that see us and maybe don't have the ambition to be super great in one department of life, right? I would say. If I wanted to give you something to say, hey, concentrate on this, it would still be a generic thing. It'd be like, concentrate on dealing with adversity and discomfort, whatever that means to you, because it's going to be presented in different ways throughout your life, physically, emotionally, mentally, relationships, you know, like, get good with that, right? So whatever you can do to help you with that, that's what you should do, and that would be a good place to to uh specify <laughs> your 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 efforts. Yeah. You're good at discomfort generally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This has been has been great. I, I really enjoy talking to you. There's so many things we could talk about. I feel like, you know, every time we we get close to the to the cap here, I'm like, so many things that I could ask oh, this person. Good. So it's uh we would love to have you back on sometime. Oh, yeah, uh, please. Absolutely. Please. <clears throat> Yeah, this has been love talking to you guys, man. I'm glad that y'all uh, 
I've got a younger crowd that gives me respect and guys like yourself that are, you know, in our jujitsu gym, we, we bow when we come in. It's kind of traditional. And I tell people it's not so much about mystical martial arts stuff. It's more about just giving respect to the training grounds. People are like, all those things that I said earlier about people putting their vulnerabilities and their egos and pride aside, like this mat symbolizes, this is where they do that. And that's something to be respected. We also turn around and we got pictures of the ones that, you know, the, the ones that paved the way for the, the martial arts that we're doing. And I say, and uh, appreciate y'all. And I appreciate those that come before us. And I, and me being older, I wouldn't always, I didn't have the perspective to respect those people that had lessons to give me. I was too hard headed, maybe too much things in my own face that I couldn't pay attention to that. So I appreciate it always when I'm given the benefit of the doubt and given uh, some respect from guys that are up and coming and, and really take my words to heart. I don't see that as a light thing. Like I don't take that lightly that, but you got plenty of other things you could listen to. And, you know, you don't have to have somebody tell you about this or that. Right. But I, I appreciate it when people give me uh, the ability to talk and, and listen to what I have to say. Uh, it means a lot to me. And I try to do the same thing to those that came before me. Like, I appreciate what they had to say. I know that they know more than me. Right. I know my hindsight tells me how much more I know than I before I or since I was 20 or 30. Right. And I know that they must be in the same place and they've learned a lot of things. And hindsight being what it is, 2020, like. We, we learn a lot of shit and it's, it's good if you can take people that haven't seen that yet and haven't even experienced those things and they're trying to implement that in their life so they can get, you know, plan, prepare, predict their outcome so we can't get fucked up too easy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Life would so be a lot easier you, if we could take uh, people's experiences and learn from the mistakes that someone else made before us yeah. instead of making them ourselves. But it's always <laughs> know, the hindsight like, where you realize that's how it should have been done. It's like we just say forget that that's history. Move it on. I'm like no no no. It's so hard. It's so hard if we just do that. Yeah. But I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for letting me give me a platform and and, and talking with me. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Welcome back on anytime. Yeah, it's an honor. All right, All right guys. I'll so what do you do now? Instructorz.com. Right. And, and I'll leave Instructor Z on social media. Uh, yeah, I'll we'll, leave all the links. links will be below. Yeah, right. I'll leave this link. So Instructor Z on social media, I believe I'll be able to tag you in this video. Okay. Instructor Z on Instagram. And that's the two yep. that's the two platforms, right? Am I missing anything? Instagram, Facebook, and then my website is Instructor Z yep. as well. So yeah, I'll make sure okay. all those are below. <clears throat> yeah, thank we'll, you. Thank we'll throw you. those in there. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um it's been a great episode. Be sure to check out Instructor Z, of course. And if you want, train like a ranger.com where we have workout programs, nutrition programs. Merch and apparel, and as always, much more on the agenda. Uh, thank you guys so much for your time, and remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. See you guys.